Welcome to energyandpersonalexcellence.com and sachinkarnik.com. Thank you for your time in uh, listening to this recording. The, today's recording uh, is regarding mental illness. Uh, you know, what exactly do we mean by that and how is that conceptualized or understood? Obviously, in our society, there are all different kinds of physical health and what we would call mental health problems that afflict millions of people. You know, so I want to uh, explore this carefully and try to explain this step by step. Again, all of the recordings that are created uh, for both of these websites, particularly the Energy and Personal Excellence websites, are reflective in nature. I will be presenting certain ideas. My request is that you think about them, reflect upon them, develop your own perception. You're welcome to share it with me if you would like. Uh, if you are enrolled in the program, I'm requesting you to uh, come and see me uh, at the 201 Michelle Court office uh, and or stay in touch with me online or via voice memos or via Skype. Okay, so those are some of the ways that we can do this. All right, so let's begin with this. Um, so to, to begin with, the fact is that human mental life is related to biological life, meaning what? Our physical body is what we would consider human biological life. It's, there's life in it. It's alive. There are innumerable chemical reactions, biochemical reactions. And the mental life is our own living experience of the phenomenon happening within the mind. That is called mental life. Um, you know, there is an awareness of mental activity. Uh, even when we say that this is my mind, that means that we are aware that there is a process going on and we are very much identified with that process as the me. And I've mentioned this in other recordings. So we'll get more into that as we move ahead. So anyway, the fact is that there is something that we will call mental life, and it is very much related to biological life, especially with regards to the operations of the brain. So the brain function, with all of its different synaptic activity, uh, controls the physical body, the various organs, secretions, so many different things. And of course, is very much related to the mind. If we make an assumption that the mind and the brain are different, then we are not really sure what the mind actually is because we are not able to grasp at that or detect that through the five senses directly. Right? Isn't that so? If we assume that the mind is nothing but the brain, well, we could assume that as many neuroscientists do, but we are still left with our own experience of being alive. We're still left with our own mental activity, which is real. At least my mental activity is real to me, and I'm assuming your mental activity is real to you. I have no direct way of knowing for sure that you even have a mental activity or that or how real that is to you. That is just an assumption. All I know is my own mental activity. And 
part of what we want to achieve or realize in the Energy and Personal Excellence Program is an awareness of one's own mental activity. You know, we are sometimes so concerned about other people, and that's fine, that's needed also, but we are not aware of our own mental activity and the variety of twists and turns, variety of different desires that prop up from time to time, and how they are all interconnected with the biological function of the body. You know, so the brain is such a vital organ which we are able to detect through our senses. You know, we can see that there are brains. But we cannot see our brain directly, uh, obviously, because it's, in, it's, it's encapsulated within the skull and protected. But there's indirect ways of seeing our own brain through x-rays and fMRIs and, and other kinds of imaging technologies. We know that there is a physical organ called the brain. And that brain is so intricately vital to mental life and physical life. So we would begin with this. So the brain is vital to physical life and mental life. Now, interestingly, the field of healthcare is very much concerned with maintaining and restoring human well-being, right? To maintain well-being, meaning good balance. Well-being refers to good balance, good health, good uh, uh, sense of uh, uh, you know physical stability, body is within certain range, all the indicators are within certain range, blood pressure and all that kind of stuff, weight and whatnot. You know, so that all of that is all part of well-being. Uh, so when we look at the healthcare field, which means the, the medical doctors and all of the people on the mental health side, whether they're psychiatrists or clinical social workers, psychologists, or licensed mental health professionals, whoever they may be, uh, the people on the mental health side, both are concerned with the maintenance and restoration of well-being. So both points are relevant here. First of all, to get to a state of well-being would be called restoration. Assuming that well-being is not there, meaning good health and all of that we just talked about, if it's not there, through physical interventions, medical interventions, as well as psychological or psychosocial intervention, psychosocial familial intervention, um, it is possible to restore well-being within a person. That is the aim, at least. Uh, and if that is restored, the more difficult part would be the maintenance of it. Now, whose responsibility is that? You know, who is responsible for maintaining well-being once it is achieved? Well, that is personal responsibility. It is each individual. If I, for example, have diabetes or high blood pressure or some other problems, and if they can be well-controlled, it is my responsibility to make sure that they're well-controlled. You know, I cannot simply just go to the doctor every three months or every six months and 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 listen and have a five-minute conversation and, and, and just expect medications to completely solve my problems. That's just not going to happen. Medications are an aid, but there is a massive behavioral component, a decision-making component that is relevant each single day as we're moving ahead through life to maintain well-being if it is if it is actually achieved. For most human beings, in my opinion, and you can look at the research on this also, well-being is not there. 
Wellness is not there. There's a phenomenal amount of imbalance that is created. So, the healthcare profession is very much interested in the maintenance and restoration of physical well-being and mental well-being. And there are all kinds of treatment approaches with regards to the various diseases and disorders that have been created to re-establish that well-being. So I think we understand that pretty well. You know, if you're if somebody's interested in a particular disease or disorder, just Google it. You're going to find God knows how much information on just about anything you want. So that's all available. The question here for us is regarding mental disorders. Well, first of all, the word mental refers to mind, that there is a mind, mind meaning thought, emotion, memory, desire, energy. This is my conceptualization of it. And it's fairly easy to think of it this way, because we need language to describe it. We don't have any other means. So uh, we describe it this way. There are many other formulations of what the mind could be, other descriptions, other ways of classifying. In my program, we have, or in this program, Energy Personal Excellence Program, we have consistently stated here that ener- that mind is thought, emotion, memory, desire, and energy. These are the five things, five components, and they're all interlinked, interrelated. They all act as one within the present. So the term mental disorder, or the two words mental disorder, refers to the fact, refers to that there is a possibility or there is something called mental order. Isn't that so? That the mind is well-ordered, well-structured, harmonious, functioning well, just as the physical body is well-balanced. That's homeostasis. That's the word H-O-M-E-O-S-T-A-S-I-S. That word is the technical word for really good balance in the body. That's homeostasis. So the same concept is utilized for the mind with regards to order, that the mind is ordered, the mind is structured well, mind is functioning well. Because if the mind is not functioning well, there are disturbances and distortions and and agitations and mania and depression and bipolar and all these things that are going on. You know, all of that is uh, pointing to the fact that there is, at least in theory, and probably actually something as uh, uh, something that we would call a totally ordered mind now what do we mean by that what's a totally quote ordered mind well it's a mind that is not tearing energy apart in a harmful way this is my interpretation and your the tearing apart of energy is your internal barometer, each person's internal internal barometer. And that tearing apart of the energy is experienced in many ways as mental health disorders, things like depression, things like anxiety, things like bipolar, uh, and also with physical health problems. So energy imbalance occurs in many ways. Maybe the problem is with the energy imbalance itself, or the problem is in the body causing an energy imbalance affecting the mind or the problem is psychosocial in nature psychological and psychosocial or situational in nature affecting the body causing changes within the body in a negative way 
and if that's the case, then uh, the problem is not really in the body, it's really much more a mental disturbance. Well, there's another point here. When we when we use these two terms, mental disturbance, or these two words, in mental disturbance, it refers to the fact that something is being disturbed. You know, disturbance, the word disturbance implies that there is some substance, some reality, something that exists that is being disturbed, and that is the mind. We use the mind, mind meaning that the mind is disturbed, that there is disturbance within the mind, which is a clear indication that the mind can be naturally stabilized or could could achieve a natural stability. There is that possibility. Now, what do we mean by stability? What do we mean by mental stability? Again, these are very difficult questions to answer. Uh, there are very profound explanations. But what I could say here in a very straightforward way is that there is your own personal experience that things are fine, things are good, things are balanced, things are where they should be. There isn't this seeking of extremes to the harm. There isn't entrapment within the polarities of the mind. You know, those kinds of things have stopped uh, or they don't occur very often, let's put it that way. And as a result of that, there is a state of balance, of harmony, of stability, of order. Again, mental disorder implies that implies mental order because there is what we would call as mental disorder that, that implies that, that some substance has been placed somehow or is moving in a disordered state, which implies that there is somewhere a state of order. All right, now moving ahead. So the term illness is another interesting term. So, you know, illness and disease are very much related. Um, mental disorders many times are seen as illnesses uh, in the way that modern scientific conceptualizations uh, define them. You know, so, um, you know, illness and disease are understood very similarly. Uh, but the question becomes, again, how is mental illness related to the, to the body, especially the brain, in the context of a disorder? So, if there is a problem like a nightmare, for example, someone who's having nightmares, you know. Uh, it's an experience, it's one's own direct experience that something strange happened at nighttime or some horror, horrific thing happened or there was some uh, unusual emotion or some, some kind of an experience during the dream sleep happened. Well, if that's the case, or just assume that something like that has happened, you know, that's again one's personal experience at nighttime. Uh, and is that a, a illness or disease? Now, if you look at the DSM-5 criteria, there is clear criteria about what is un understood to be a disorder. And that criteria is based on considerable amount of research done by you know, thousands and thousands of people. So that criteria has a great deal of validity. That if a person is having certain type of problems that... Uh, are meeting those criteria, then that will be considered as a diagnosis, just as just 
in the medical field that certain criteria are met and then a particular diagnosis is given of high blood pressure or diabetes or nerve pain or whatever it might be, you know, heart disease. When certain criteria are met, certain established criteria are met, there is a diagnosis given. Now, these criteria on the mental health side are also of this type. Uh, that's when certain signs and symptoms are met within certain periods of time, then a diagnosis can be given. So again, a diagnosis is a description of a particular problem. You know, it is not a treatment approach. It is not going to tell you where that problem came from. It is simply a description of the problem that, that with the detection of certain signs and symptoms meeting criteria, and then this particular name would be given, like depression, like major depressive disorder. That name is given to a person, excuse me, that diagnosis is given to a person who meets clear criteria in the DSM-5, and on that basis, various specifiers and other kinds of uh, additions are made to clearly describe the problem. That's all. Again, the word problem is, I'm using it in the very similar context like illness or disease. You know, that which is outside the normal range, the typical range, the healthy range. The word normal is also very controversial. So if you don't want to use that word, we can just say healthy range. You know, and uh, and each person's health is his or her own. It varies also. There are, you know, statistical criteria about, you know, like the standard mean and stuff like that. But... Uh, each person functions somewhat differently. So one's own awareness of how the body is working and the mind is working is very much critical to the reestablishment of health, the restoration of well-being, and of course the maintenance of well-being, as we said before. Okay, so moving ahead. Um, The term mental illness, uh, you know, is that something that is happening within the brain. Meaning, the question is, is mental illness totally a brain disorder or is it totally distinct from a brain disorder? Two questions. You know, so is mental illness uh, a problem in the physiology and or the structure of the brain? It could be. And there are many such organic brain-based disorders. That's one possibility. Uh, that there is actually just some kind of a dysfunction in the neurological mechanisms that are present, which are then causing the signs and symptoms in the mental world, which are then shown behaviorally. All right. Well, if that's the case, then what about the possibility that mental activity is somehow different from neurological activity? Well, I think many would be inclined to say that that's not possible, that unless there is neurological activity, there can't be any mental activity. It very well could be. Nonetheless, if what we would consider to be a situational problem in life, someone loses their job or some conflict happens or something tragic happens, there is the reality of depression that hits the person, depression erupts, occurs, which is an emotional problem, obviously. So, is that depression the result of something 
dysfunctional in the brain or is it the result of an outside situation that causes dysfunction in the brain which then causes the emotional change which then causes the feeling of depression that emotional change would be the feeling of depression the signs and symptoms of depression would then come about you know so so that is the unraveling of the etiological chain so etiology refers to causation why is this particular phenomenon happening under what circumstances is it happening that kind of an unraveling takes time you know anyone who is trying to unravel the etiological chain whether it's on the medical side or the psychological side has to spend adequate time with the client or the patient to do so otherwise it's not going to happen you know otherwise you have some rudimentary understanding but not necessarily an in-depth awareness of where all this this problem came from all right now if you go further here you know one way that researchers have thought about mental disorders is that they're a subclass of brain diseases so there are a whole host of brain diseases disorders and diseases that occur and that mental disorders all of them are a subclass of brain brain diseases this is another way of looking at them again it's a matter of perspective you know uh, there is some philosophical connection here about the mind body problem and based on the way one perceives these things one can approach either way that it, that yes there are psychological sociological circumstances that affect the way the brain work and then there are you know just inherent neurobiological processes neural processes that impact behavior and the mind my perspective here is that i think both are probably true i don't think it's one versus the other i think they both have a place uh you know the brain obviously doesn't exist in isolation no no person exists in isolation we're constantly connected with an environment an outside environment family environment or home environment or work and we're always in some environment we have a relationship with food water clothing so many things so there isn't isolation there is always some kind of a relationship you know so the brain the mind in my opinion cannot even function at any level without a relationship whatever the function may be whether it's disordered or ordered or healthy or unhealthy whatever it might be there is life what we would consider being alive and because we are alive there is a sense that that there is this experience of of the neurological uh, processes excuse me that there is experience of emotion and feeling and thought and memories and and sensation and all and all such things you know so the fact is that we are alive you know at least i'm alive i know that i'm i have a sense of being alive and i'm assuming you do also now what that exactly means is a deeper question more profound question than the one we're asking today about you know what is the mind body connection and what is the um nature of mental health d- disorders and what do you mean by mental health disorder because that the question about life itself is a much more profound an intricate and highly meditative question reflective question uh then the, uh, then understanding mental health disorders you know so we'll hold that for some other recordings later on all right so moving ahead we we were saying that uh mental health disorders could be classified as a sub- subset of brain diseases or 
it can also be stated that mental illness is the causal product of brain diseases. You know, so mental illness um, may be uh, the result of brain diseases. There's something, some kind of a disease in the nervous system is happening, uh, which would indicate that the neurons are not functioning adequately. There's a neurotransmitter imbalance. It's indication of uh, you know, structural problems or some other kind of physiological problems, or even possibly some kind of a brain injury, like a traumatic brain injury or some other type of trauma that has occurred, whether it's physical trauma and or emotional, psychic or psychological trauma. You know, so uh, again, the word trauma implies that there is some kind of a shock, some kind of damage done or trauma causing damage. Uh, it, it, trauma would be an experience of some sort that shifts one out of the normal homeostatic balanced range of function that would be considered to be trauma again there's more technical defini definitions of trauma which i won't go into now um so this is very interesting you know just in terms of our study and, uh, and understanding that um that mental illness could be totally distinct from brain disorders or mental illnesses could be part or just a subclass of brain diseases or mental illnesses are the causal product of brain diseases. You know, that they are the result of some kinds of traumas and diseases and problems in the brain. And hence, there is this sense of mental uh, disorder or mental illness. And then there's one more possibility. And that is that the illness itself, the difficulty, the you know, various signs and symptoms caused, uh, are a combination of mental and bodily factors or elements, that there are problems in the body, in the brain, and then there are also mental, psychological, sociological, financial, etc., and or spiritual even problems. All those, all such combination uh, of, of elements are causing the uh, mental health problem, whatever that may be. You know, and fields such as social work, for example, are very much aimed at this eclectic approach, that there's the biological, psychological, sociological, economic, financial, there's the spiritual, there's, you know, there's these multiple components that are at play that actually cause problems in the physical and the mental body, or the, excuse me, the physical self as well as the mental self, or the mental reality. Uh, you know, so uh, it, it seems that that's that sounds like the most logical explanation that this is just a combination of mind body spirit you know just different combinations of these things that are causing problems well if that's the case then how does personal responsibility and personal energy fit into this you know just assume for a moment that there really is this combination of multiple factors, multifactorial, that any particular problem is multifactorial. I mean, even if you take something like breaking a bone, well, the question is, how the heck did you break the bone? Now, if once the bone is broken, there's a treatment protocol, and it's a very empirical, quantitative way of doing the treatment. You know, but if you have a broken emotion, quote, broken emotion, a hurt emotion, you're not going to be able to put a physical bandage on that or physical cast on that. It's not going to happen. There's nothing physical you can put on your body as such. You know, I mean, yeah, you might, if you have back pain or something because of the broken emotion, you can put heating pad or something like that. But that's a different matter. You know, if you are having an emotional breakage, 
then that is as painful perhaps as a broken emotion or as real as a broken emotion uh, or excuse me the broken emotion is, is as real as a broken bone but in both situations still the question came would come how did that happen if the bone is broken a person was let's say careless and was you know performing some physical maneuver or, or somehow fell somewhere on ice or something like that wasn't careful enough which is so lack of carefulness lack of attention is a mental quality which is impacting physical behavior which then led to the broken bone so voluntary action is involved in behavior now, not all behavior is voluntary, necessarily, but m- most of our behavior could be voluntary. And if that's the case, then that is a call for personal responsibility. And if we don't take personal responsibility of what we are doing on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis, then there will be more and more damage done to the body and to the mind. You know, there's nobody who is going to take care of you as you can. You know, given the possibilities that are available. The same thing is true with me. You know, so personal responsibility is a major component of personal excellence. You can't move into a state of personal excellence without taking hold of one's life. And taking hold of such such truths brings about a clear vision of what to do throughout the day. It's a clear vision, a a vision that is based on very clear decisions. And those decisions are based on balance of the mind and the body. And on that basis, one functions ahead, but one moves ahead. Right? Okay. So these are some thoughts about mental illness uh, right now. There's much, much more that anyone could say about this, you know, endlessly, perhaps. But uh, I guess my main point here is that whatever a mental illness may be, try to meditatively look at what do we mean by this term and what's actually happening inside of you. That only you can see that. Others might be able to detect it indirectly, but you can see it directly. If you are attentive enough, if we are attentive enough, and carefully observant enough, we can perceive what is happening in the mind. It is a process that is happening. And that process can be stabilized in a variety of different ways. Meditation is one part. Even medications have a component. Exercise is another part. Diet is another part. Relationships, you know, healthy relationships, uh, adequate sleep, adequate rest, adequate activity. All such factors, all these factors are involved in well-being, are involved in being healthy. Healthy meaning physically and mentally. You know, so to take hold of this directly and and contemplatively and with responsibility, and, you know, for example, someone who's got diabetes has to, definitely has to be careful about what to eat, what not to eat. You know, because that disease is such that it will damage the entire body gradually is a chronic sinister condition if not managed carefully it creeps up on the person and it becomes very very hard to reverse 
you know, so we don't we want to even get into the situation where, it, where we have to be, begin to reverse that. We want to prevent that, ideally. But if you're in a situation where you have to reverse it, you got to reverse it. It's got, not going to be easy. You know, it's like that. So whatever the problems may be, someone may have had a heart attack or someone may have had some other physical problems or, or there are mental health problems, they can be controlled and reversed using the best interventions. You know, so taking hold on a day-to-day basis to re-establish the body's balance, re-establish mental balance, and taking every step possible every day to make that happen is one's duty to oneself, is one's responsibility for oneself, and is one's own power that is available to do this. So uh, these are some initial thoughts on mental illness. Uh, We will get much more into it in subsequent talks and recordings. Thank you for your attention and please feel free to stay in touch with me. Thank you.